Live from New York, it's Ask an Engineer. Hi, everybody. It's me, Lady Ada, with me, Mr. Lady Ada, streaming here from downtown Manhattan in the Secret Ada Foods Extra Headquarters. Uh, Manhattan is where we do all our manufacturing. We make electronics for the world around, and I do some of those designs here. Uh, but uh, for the next hour, we're going to check in what's going on in the community. What's the news? What's the products? What's the secrets? What's the NPIs? What's the retro tech? We've got a lot of cool stuff to show off for about one hour. Thanks for being patient. We had a massive show and yes, talk to talk about. Mr. Lenita, why don't you get the uh, AGI in? Yeah, well, um, the code tonight is DVI Bell, and it's because we have a lot of neat things that you can do with the Feather DVI, including uh, something like what we do. This is uh, live graphics being pumped out of a, a Feather DVI. And I'm just changing some of the things that uh, the video tool that I use with the colors that are coming in. So this yeah. is just like, you know, playing with you or contrast or whatever. And you can see this is, um, oh, this is cool. our backgrounds. And so the, the phrase eat your own dog food, which doesn't make sense. You wouldn't eat your own dog food if you work at a dog food factory, unless you were maybe a dog there. Um, That's true. Or there's a dog if, you're, if you're a dog there. But uh, we like the idea of using these tools with our shows and more. So this is kind of neat. This is um, some art that's just going to go in the background. And when we're doing stuff, we'll just have it very Max Headroom-esque. I like it. And it's eight for code. Timely, because the code is DVI Bell. Ten percent off the native store all the way up to eleven fifty nine p.m. tonight. We'll talk about some of our live shows, including Show and Tell. We just did that a few moments ago. We'll talk about Desk of Lady Ada, where we had a great search. A little JP's product pick of the week. We have some time travel and some help wanted. Some retro tech, which is kind of neat. We've got a really neat video from Adafruit Factory. Some three D printing. INMPI this week, it's going to be Texas Instruments. We have a big old top secret. We're going to answer your questions. We do some new products, all that and more on, you guessed it, Ask an Engineer. Wow. Yeah. So um, let's just jump right in, Lady Ada. Um, the code is DVI Bell. If folks want, they get free stuff. As they add stuff to their cart, they'll either get a permit proto or the KP. Uh, KP2040. forty is back. Or. Free GPS ground, which should get anyways. Yeah. Um, let's jump right into our live shows. Um, oh, you know, I I need to add some sound to this. I'm adding little bits of sound in front of some of these. Yeah, we're we're into it. Yeah. Um, so for our live show this week, um, the clip of it. We're gonna do this live. Yeah. Gonna, <laughs> no, I am. I'm gonna get the Bill the Bill O'Reilly thing where he had a meltdown with Door Live. But you're gonna do like the Door like Live EDM DJ Max Door Live. Um, I saw this little video of a parrot, and this parrot's like, I'm not going to hurt you. And they're like, you're going to hurt me. He's like, I'm not going to hurt you. And of course, they put their hand out, and then the parrot hurt them. Yeah. Well, what's um, funny is that, like, the parrot, if, if you're a parrot and you want to bite hands, that's exactly what you should say. You should say, I'm not going to hurt you. Or you should say, I'm going to hurt you, because people are like, really? And then they'll stick their hand I'm in peace. Either way. So on the show and tell, it was pretty massive. We had a bunch of demos that used the, 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 the Feather DVI. Mm -hmm. um, and then you can watch the rest of the show. I'm gonna. I'm, I have no. I'm not supposed to have favorites. Favorite, however, 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 um, one of the projects I really liked this week was uh, Deshipu stopped by different times that I've seen Deshipu in in live in a while. Yeah. Um, but a lot of cool uh, crab uh, robots. Crab bots. And um, I think it was a couple weeks ago. I saw some type of like video show documentary thing about how like everything eventually turns into a crab in nature. So this kind of just confirms that. Um, but really neat little uh, crab robots using CircuitPython. 
and more. And you can check out those on Hackaday.io, Doshipu's Hackaday.io. And um, Dolce had a really neat, um, super modded um, hacker wheelchair. Yes, yeah, cool LEDs, yeah. and it's got like star effects, and it's yeah. got a sound system, a good hacking. And then um, DJ Devin had a really good example of all the different things you can mush together with the Feather DBI and weather and Do data. sensor um, yeah. uh, on-screen display, which is a really good idea. It's very hard to do on-screen display stuff. Yeah, so that was really neat. So anyways, uh, check it out. Um, it's, uh, it's probably on all the places we just broadcast to. On Sunday, as we do from the desk of Lady Ada, it goes in two parts. Lady Ada, what did you talk about in part one this week? Okay, so this week, uh, one of the things that I worked on is the Circuit Pirate, which is an old, old design from like seven years ago that I was like, yeah, you know, I'm going to revitalize this design uh, because the Bus Pirate, which we've stocked for over a decade, is no longer available, probably because of part shortages. Um, so we looked at the original design of the Bus Pirate and showed how to kind of like modernize it maybe turn it into RP2040, but still uh, maintain some of the compatibility, especially with the 5-volt compliant inputs, which is one of the cool things about the Bus Pirate. So um, we talked about how the Bus Pirate did that and then how I'm adapting it to work with um, the Circuit Pirate, which is RP2040-based. Okay. And then um, on Desk of Lady Ada, we also have... The Great Search, which is getting easier and more fun because we can actually get parts. Yes, now. I'm actually enjoying it. It's no longer yeah. just like, let's get it wasn't, parts. It wasn't a downer everywhere. It's like, well, like here's another substitution search because um, on planet Earth, we have no cobalt right now or something. Um, so what did you help people find this week? Okay, so this week what we did is um, the way that the original um, bus pirate handled different voltage levels. It actually used an analog switch, which is a really cool hack because it wanted to switch in different voltages of uh, pull-ups. So, um, you know, 1.8 volts, uh, 3.3 volts, 5 volts, and it used a 4066 analog switch. So I showed off all different kinds of uh, 4066s, analog switches, um, 74 series, ones that would work with lower voltages, higher voltages, as well as different analog multiplexers that are available on the market. Um, they're very useful. Um, you can get ones that are very high speed, you can get ones that are high power. The 4066 is inexpensive and kind of middle of the road, um, but does the job quite well. And then also we linked to an interview with Ian Lesne, who, um, or sorry, Lene, who did a, a interview about how that part of the circuitry was designed and why he picked um, those components. It's not, it's not an accident, it was done on purpose. So check out uh, this um, Desk of Lady Ada, great search, uh, and also the text that we posted on the blog. Okay, and then uh, every Tuesday we have GP's Product Pick of the Week broadcast live from the product page. Here is this week's highlight. Hey, there we go. That's my product pick of the week this week. It is the Matrix Portal. We've now got GIF support. So this is the first time I've used GIF IO on the matrix portal with the matrix display. The nice thing is this display just basically shows up in display IO. So look at that right there. There is one of our panels with the matrix portal right there. It's, I've got it dark at the moment so you can see the colors a little better. Uh, running a little animated GIF. This is a, I don't know, I think something like a 40 something frame GIF, so it's not tiny, but it plays back great. It plays back really nice and fast. Look at those great colors. Built a little Lego frame for it. Uh, and around the back, you can see there is my matrix portal plugged in. Got 
bunches of different kinds of, uh, from, from little wee little 32 by 32 ones. This is uh, 32 by 64. Right there is my product pick of the week this week. It is the Matrix Portal. All right, and don't forget tomorrow is JP's workshop, and then Friday it's deep dive with Tim. Gonna go back to gonna go back in time. Gonna go back All right, some time travel, so we're gonna just do some news and more from around the web. Um, we have a job that we just posted on the Adafruit site, so uh, yeah, so I'll uh, I'll. Go. I need somebody. Help wanted section here. So on the Adafruit site, um, go over to jobs board. So if you go to adafruit.com slash careers, um, we're looking, this is an on-site position. So this is someone who would be in New York City. Um, we need an arrivals process stage manager and manager in a receiving uh, group. Just to give everyone, this is, a, you know, kind of a typical receiving job in a company that ships goods and get gets goods. Um, but just to give you a little, you know, state of the economy for Adafruit. So we're still hiring and um, our teams are still getting raises and all that. I understand though, in the, especially the tech sector, there's pretty large layoffs, lots of publicly held companies. And then today Microsoft said, no more raises, no more bonuses. There's, there's something going on with like the return to work and like kind of like this post COVID thing. Um, we haven't been hit like that. Um, you know, we obviously we're still recovering from three years of, um, just like everything coming up, including the part shortage, but we're, we're doing pretty good. We're really looking forward to shipping Adabox. And then, um, we have a lot of things planned, but we're, we're still doing good. We're still hiring. Um, so check it out. Um, we have a really good, uh, benefits offering, um, great team paid time off for charity. Um, things that w would matter to me. 401k matching? Yeah. I, well, the other thing is there isn't like executives and then everybody else. Oh, you else. get the same healthcare I've got. Yeah. So we, same 401k I've we got. decided a long time ago um, when when you join, um, you get the same benefits that even the founder has. So that's really important. The same exact healthcare, same dental, same vision. Yeah. I think for 401k. And it was interesting when we, when we did all this and we were talking to all the healthcare brokers and like the 401k brokers, um, they basically called us socialists. Exactly. Anyways. So, so join, join us, comrades. So anyways, um, you can check it out on adafruit.com slash job. Yes. Okay. Some retro time. Okay. This week's retro set of photos, um, is we didn't get to it in March, the Marchintosh thing, but that's okay. Hey. Um, do you know what this is, Lady Anna? This is the email yeah did you have one of these i never did but it was definitely like where were you 20 weird... where were you 26 years ago where are you in 1997 97 i was in high school so you were in high school so you probably didn't need one of these at the time or maybe you did maybe you, did you want did you know about it in high school? i heard about it and it was definitely um i think this was during like the power pc era and i was kind of like not as into max at the time um I definitely, I had a PowerBook 540C, but I think that came out a little bit late. So it had this translucent plastic. It came out. Um, it was like a kid's toy. I was like, I was like a little bit it like. It looks like a toy. So like, like, yeah. What is so this? it came out in March of 97. Um, it was about 800 bucks. So that'd be like 1400 now. It had an ARM uh, 710A, 25 megahertz. Had um, one megabyte of memory expandable to four megabytes storage, three megabytes 
display was 480 by 320. This is basically a Circuit Python computer mm -hmm. um, that we're probably going to end up having. 25 megahertz, I mean, yeah. We'll be able to reproduce a lot of functionality. The only Newton that had a built-in keyboard, you could get keyboard yeah, accessories. Yeah, this was like, this was like a Super Newton. I, I really wanted like a, a power book, so I got a power book. Instead. Yeah, it had an internal um, memory expansion slot inside of it. You had to, you know, get inside of it. And um, kind of neat. It was meant for classrooms. Um, it it <laughs> it got canceled in 1998, along with the entire you know Apple. It did not last very long. Yeah. Um, but I I like this aesthetic. It's uh it's really nice. And uh, ours still work. Ours works. So this it's is, very cool. Yeah. So that's uh. It's a very interesting style. I mean, it was like you know they did like the um the candy. Uh, clamshells as well. Yeah. Did they do some other kind of clamshell? Um, well, the 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 MacBooks. You remember the the little iMac? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The iBooks. The iBooks. The iBooks. Yes. Yeah. So that was this was that was like the same timeline, right? No. No. No, I don't think so. Mm. I think I think this was before that. Reminiscent though. This was before then, but I think it's like yeah that design. Stuff. Yeah, I think they were like, well, we still like this idea. So this cool trends was insane. Yeah, it's kind of cool. All right, that's retro for the week. Okay, Python on hardware. Um, I thought this week we'd go over a couple things, Lady Ada. Uh, the newsletter has so much stuff, and usually we pick one thing. This week we're just going to do a smattering. So if you're someone who uses Raspberry Pi, there's an uh, there's an update. Um, it has the new Linux kernel, so that might be something. Long-term support. Yeah, that might be something that you want to do. It also has the latest update with MATLAB. Um, we try to use the newsletter for events that we know the people who read the newsletter. So KeyCon or KaiCon. The, 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 yes. the, yeah, um, either one is fine, but uh, it'll be September 9th to 10th this year. So if you use the open source CAD tool, Check it out. Um, we're probably going to sponsor or do something in some way. Uh, there's a post about CircuitPython and version control. If you want to um, use some type of version control. Yeah, it's like, but you're still on the disk drive. It kind of manages the yeah. file movements for you. And then um, for folks who've been using Python with uh, a block editor like EduBlocks, Anaconda acquired EduBlocks. Big, big news in the maker world, if you're into that. And then um, I, I thought... I would spend a, a moment on this. This is, and then I'll go through a couple other ones. But uh, what's the best language for microcontrollers? MicroPython and CircuitPython or Arduino RC? I think in general, these type of comparisons are bad because they are bad. Because, yeah. and I'm going to say like bad as far as it brings out the bad in people because it gets very territorial. It's like, no, see or die. Um, <laughs> Weird engineerism that it's like they're yeah. happy to be the best. It's like yeah, you know, it's like that's not. And some works. people will do a drive-by and just be like, Python on microcontrollers, die. Well, like so, a Arduino. Yeah, yeah. Pot pot smoker for baby language for pot smoker, um, which is what Arduino was uh, called uh, a long time ago. And I did that. I put that quote in my article, um, and the guy Arn um, didn't like that. So, because apparently at the time Arduino was it was too dumbed down for people. Well, if you think that's dumbed down, yeah, running a scripting language on my controller will like expose yeah. That. So here's what I would propose, because I do like I do. See, think... Let's check on that guy. Ask what he thinks about CircuitPython. <laughs> it's not good. 
It's too easy. You're making you know, I, I it's too easy. So um one of the things that I think that would be helpful, and we can't do this because we're Adafruit, is I do think it'd be neat to take a project and say, okay, we wanted to have a water sensor alert our phone when there was a flood in our basement. And then from the very beginning, just like choose whatever hardware you want. Maybe everybody has to use a ESP. Everybody has to use the ESP32 S2 because our you know all everything's supported on that. You can use Arduino. You can use MicroPython, CircuitPython. And I think what would be better is how fast can you do it? How much fun can you have? How much time do you actually need to spend to do that project? Because I think that's one of the things that we should measure. Um, if, if what is better to use than something else. Not because the language is better, it's just because it's more suited. For instance, if you're gonna do things where like you're getting strings of text on the internet, Python's probably a better, a better, it's probably better because it's faster because there are these, you know, batteries included libraries. So I think that might be an, a subtle change instead of which is the best language is like, what's the fastest way to get your project going? Because there's a lot of times where you wanna have like, oh, I just want it to text my phone when my basement's flooding. That's it. That's all I want to do. And the best language isn't probably going to be the fastest language because best is subjective, but fastest, I think we can all agree. Some of them are faster than others as far as getting the project done. Not the speed, like, oh, how many you know milliseconds, but how long does it take you to get the project going? Like, there's certain bits of hardware like Stemma that makes things easier. There's certain things like Python libraries that make things easier. So I think... I think that would be a way to go. Um, you know, another example is like, so MakeCode could be in this list because there's a lot of projects that are like, if you just want, I just want to do some swirly things with LEDs really fast for a costume. MakeCode, almost instant. Is it the best language? Who, Depending on who you ask, like, you know, there's internet jerks that are going to say, yeah, you know, you should use um, machine code, you know, somewhere, whatever. I don't understand why they use Twitter if that's the best language. Anyways, so um, I think that's just you know a slight, slight different way of looking at these things. Anyways, um, you can check out the rest of the projects and more. Um, I like this like, universal computer thing. This is cute. Yeah, you know, speaking of the Emate, um, this is this is kind of Emate too. This is what it reminded me of. Primate. Yeah, and then someone in the chat just uh, did Prime's Drag Race. Um, I like the idea of Drag Race. Maybe we could still like like Drag Race would be a, a term for you you set out what the project is and then who can get the project done fastest and then you look at what they used that'd be kind of cool anyway so that's our python on hardware newsletter this week um one other little reminder um uh, happy birthday MicroPython turn 10. i'm known out to damien um we're going to do a donation um we already do stuff with github sponsorship if you use MicroPython, send them a buck or two it's what circuit python's based on we deliver this newsletter every single week in your inbox. Adafruitdaily.com. We don't spam you. We don't do anything other than send you the email once a week. Let's do some open source hardware, Lady Ada. We're an open source hardware company. To prove it, not only do we certify our hardware, because you can do that, um, we have a bunch of guides. Right. What's on the big board this week? Okay. Um... I'm back to reviewing guides, so some of them are taking a little bit longer than normal to get to the front page, but we, we did get a bunch done this week. Um, so the guide for the Adafruit Picow Bell, CAN bus for Pico, that's a couple of weeks, uh, powerful couple of weeks ago. Liz, who's been doing a ton of um, 
the guides for the PiCal uh, bells uh, made this live. So it's an MCP2515 Canvas controller. Really handy if you want to use your Raspberry Pi Pico or Pico W uh, with Canvas interfacing. Um, we make it super, super easy. We got example code for Arduino and CircuitPython. And I'm sure there's MicroPython drivers as well. The Feather RP20 Think Ink, that's our RP2040 Feather, that's all built in, ready to go, and even has an EPD, uh, electronic paper display connector on it. So almost all displays that use 24 pin connector, uh, pin FPC cables, you can plug it in. Again, we've got drivers in Arduino and CircuitPython. There's also MicroPython um, drivers as well, so you can, you're totally free to use that. We also have U2IF uh, driver support, which means you can actually code an e-ink display from your computer and it will control it through USB. So um, very handy if you want to have very complicated graphics and data parsing and you don't want to run on a microcontroller, you want to run on a computer, but you just need a little gateway device that'll get the e-ink display interfacing with your machine. Um, Robert Smith, uh, not of the cure, but we wish, but also he's as cool as Robert. It's funny. Before. I, I wish for something and this is how it happened. I'm like, man, I'm you know what? He's got better. I'm like, I wish I could do a project with Robert Smith and we are. Yes. Yeah. This it's just... is a Fisher price USB controller. So he did this project and it was like, we were going to this project and he did it yeah. before we did it. And so it like saved us that time. Um, so it's a great, it's a really, really good guide on how to take this Fisher price USB gate toy, which does not do anything, right? It just has buttons. But he opened it up and he's like, oh my God, they actually have elastomers for each key. Like it could yeah. actually do something because it's not fake. Like most kids' toys are fake buttons, but these are real. Tapped into the um, copper traces and, oh wow, he's got a uh, video. Yeah, on Twitter right now, um, Robert's doing a giveaway and you just have to post up like what other uh, game, con what other controller you want to see. Oh, so I grabbed this really fast. You can see um, it's three minutes long, but it's sped up and you can see all the eight of Yes. Stuff. So you see there's actually a circuit board. I mean, it makes it makes like audio clips and like lights up and stuff. Um, so you can tap in with a KB2040 and then using uh, QMK or CircuitPython or, yeah. you know, whatever, turn it into an actual gamepad. So either gamepad or keyboard. Uh, and he shows how to do it. Uh, he did a really great job. And this is... This is now awesome. that we have a kid, uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I don't, I'm, I'm not... Doing Hackaday, the site I started. I'm not doing Make, but I, if I were if I were to write an article and kind of make a big statement, I would say drop everything, go buy kids' toys, and use those as project enclosures because they all have screws because you there's because otherwise babies would choke. So you have to unscrew everything. Um, sealed electronics is not great, but these all have batteries and the enclosures are great. They're battle tested, and then there's lots of room inside of them, and like. You can get these for cheap. So brand new. It's like six bucks on Amazon. You have like a, a game controller that can be turned into this. So it's actually I, cheaper than like most game controllers. Yeah. And uh, somebody apparently uh, won some, like there was a gaming contest and somebody entered using this as their game controller. And, and see, everyone else has got this like yeah. so, theme controller, whatever, with magnetics. And he's like a chunk, a chunk, a chunk. And it's like making, it's yeah. like octagon, purple, blue, you know. So Anyways, check so. out all, you know, we have it up. Okay. It's a cool project. Uh, cool. So that's that. Uh, from Noe and Pedro this week's 3D project is a Bocaton inspired 3D this. headband. No coding on this one. And then can you scroll down? I think there's a couple more new, yeah. new stuff. We've got um, Anne's updated the uh, uh, Adafruit Playground Notes. That's what we're calling user-generated content uh, that uses Adafruit Learns Editor. We've also got uh, the guide for the uh, CAN bus feather wings. So again, if you want to use Canvas MCP2515 with any of our feathers. This product is many years old, got delayed by the um, 
component shortages, but is uh, you see how all the Canva stuff is waiting until I can get it. Uh, now it's all out. Uh, we have an update to the Adafruit Penguin Guide. Um, all of our new boards, including some of our old boards, when I revise them, they're using Penguin to get really beautiful graphics. Um, and this has been updated. We now also have support for like dynamically entering in bitmap images, which if anyone has used import bitmap on um, EagleCAD, you know what a nightmare it is because you're always like, well, how big do I want it? And you're dividing the DPI by like the size, whatever. Now you just draw a rectangle and you name the group of the rectangle. It's like a right click and you just name the group, whatever, adafruit.bmp. And then when you run Penguin, it will automatically raster the graphic and fit it within the boundaries of the square. So just fit, you know, however big you want it and it will pop it in perfectly for you. And so I'm using that now. It's saving me a ton of time because I'm not doing this constant import, export, resizing, whatever. Um, and it works great. So check that out. It's, it's tested and now documented. Um, and then JP did um, this really cool desktop out cartridges, but I think this guide went live yeah, we on should Friday. Have, we, we showed, we the, showed yeah, it, but the, we guide, the, video, the yeah. guide is now live. Um, so you, if you have, uh, if you, he's going to show also how to later how to make an actual out cars display overlay. This one yeah. is an official prop from um, the Picard show because his friend works on the show. Um, but a very cool demonstration of how to use a matrix portal to light up different segments of a acrylic panel. All right, I'm going to play this video from Liz. This is a DVI demo, and then we'll go into um, a fun manufacturing video that we do. In this project, you'll use a Feather RP2040 with DVI output to build a fun and funky video synth. The Feather runs Arduino code written with the Adafruit fork of the Pico DVI library. Five animations are available on the synth. You can switch between them with the press of a button. Four potentiometers control the RGB values and speed in the animations, so you can dial in the perfect pixelated vibe. The shebang To see how you can build your own, check out the Learn Guide at learn.adafruit.com. And here's some factory footage.
friend that was celebrating made in NYC, which is going on in this week. It's a bunch of companies and more in New York City that kind of show what they make. Let's do some 3D printing. We're going to play this week's video from Young Pedro. I speed up as well. So we'll see you on the other side. You can make a 3D printed LED headband inspired by Bo-Katan from Star Wars. This design features engraved details that wrap around the headband and uses an adjustable strap to fit comfortably over your head. The LEDs are powered by a coin cell breakout hidden inside a 3D printed battery box on the end of the strap. These miniature LEDs come in a few different colors and they're pre-wired so they're great for prop builders and model makers. The Adafruit coin cell breakout features an on and off switch, header pins, and mounting holes for securing to your projects. Download the free CAD files and 3D print them in your favorite filaments. The design is open source so you can customize the headband to fit perfectly over your head. The wired LEDs are threaded through the built-in recesses and hot glued in place to create a DIY diffuser. Once it's cooled down, you can use a hobby knife to trim away the excess and square it up so it looks nice and clean. Solder the blue wires to the ground pins and the red wires to the switch's power pin. Thread the elastic strap through the slits on the side of the headband and add a metal clip to the ends to keep it fitted. The strap can then be threaded through the battery case and the breakout board is secured with machine screws. The CR2023 coin cell fits into the breakout and should last for several hours. This chonky button actuator press fits into the top cover and gives you much better access to the breakout board slide switch. Snap fit the cover over the case with the LED wires inserted through the built-in slit on the bottom of the cover. The wires are then hidden behind the elastic strap and sewn in place with just a few stitches. We really like these tiny LEDs because they're easy to work with and we think they're great for making props with embedded lights. We hope this inspires you to add LEDs to your projects and check out our guides on learn.adafruit.com. Ten percent off in the Adafruit store. Let's go do some IMPI. Okay. IMPI brought to you by DigiKey and Adafruit. This week it's Texas Instruments, Lady Ada. What is this week's IMPI? Okay. 
this week's at NPI, I actually was like excited about this because um, this is the DRV 8411. It's a series of new motor driver chips from TI. And I love their driver chips for motors. Um, it's available in both QFN and TSOP uh, power package, PWP package. Um, right now, Digital only has the QFN in stock, but the TSOPs, I'm assuming, are coming soon. Uh, so this is the this is a series, the DRV 8410, 11, and A motor drivers. These are small dual bridge motor drivers. There's two full H bridges. Um, they're low voltage, so they're designed uh, 1.6 volts to about 11 volts DC, and they can drive two uh, brushed DC motors or one um, stepper motor bipolar. Or you know you can probably also drive a unipolar, but it's designed for bipolar usage. And it's a uh, a powerful driver that is drop-in replaceable. You can see it's pin, pin compatible with the DRV 8833, 8833C, which is a lower power version, as well as a couple other similar chips, the 8847 and the ones in the family, the DRV uh, 8410 and 8411. Um, they've got really low on resistance of only 400 milliohms. Uh, they've got, you know, again, low power, but wide supply range, 1.5 to 11 volts. You can use, uh, you know, logic levels down to 1.8. So, you know, you've got something running on two AA batteries. It'll work fine up to four amps peak, which is quite a bit, although we'll chat about uh, some of the constraints of doing that. Um, and particularly, I like this because this is pin compatible with the DRV8833, uh, which we have a breakout for. Um, it's a very popular motor driver chip, and we use it in a couple of different of our designs, not just the breakout, but also um, the Cricut. Now, if you're wondering, what were we doing about 10, uh, 10 about one year ago? Um, well, May 26, 2022, we had a post for the chip shortage. We did a series um, on this video show called chip shortage where we basically uh begged for chips because we couldn't get them and one of the chips i really wanted was the drv 8833 um we did eventually get them i don't know whether it's because we did this video asking very much if we could get an allocation yeah <laughs> there is someone i think it was on like hacker news or and they they're like influencers we're not influencers they're influencers begging for chips online that's right we did we will do anything to get chips we could get yeah. uh, components they were half right we were begging for chips but i don't i don't think we uh influence much okay well it's a very funny video you can go yeah. back and watch it uh, we did those almost every week uh so the the drv 8833 which is here is shown our a breakout board uh, you can see it's driving a bipolar stepper motor, four pins, and again, you can also drive uh, two DC motors. I like it. It's just like a general purpose, kind of use it for anything motor driver, which I like. A lot of motor drivers are like only steppers or only bipolar or only unipolar or only one H bridge. But this is like, you drop this in, it can do a lot and it's inexpensive. It's only about a dollar. Um, so the, the DRV 8844, the DRV8411, uh, and the 8410 is kind of the next generation. So this shows you, you know, the TI, this is their um, portfolio. As the RDS on, the resistance of the built-in H-bread goes down. You can do higher peak current. Uh, you have less power dissipation issues. More power is going from your power supply to the motor. So you can see the um, 8411, the big upgrade from the 8847 and 8833 is much lower voltage support. So you can go down below 2 volts and much higher peak current. The 8847 can go higher voltage, but you know if you don't need to go above 11, um, then these chips will do quite a good job for you. Um, 
They're very simple. Again, unlike some stepper motor drivers, you know, you control the individual H-bridge inputs. Uh, you get uh, four inputs that you will PWM. And so if you want to do micro-stepping, um, you would actually PWM them to micro-step. If you're just doing half or full steps, you can just uh, GPIO toggle the pins up and down. Um, there's false information, so you know if you've reached the current limiting, and you can also put it into sleep mode. Um, there's also the AI-SEN and uh, B-SEN resistors. You can see those um, on the side. We'll talk about those. Those are the current limiting. Um, but basically, you've got brushed motors, two of them, pop them on, step motor, pop them on. Good to go. And this is just a simplified uh, version. It does the current regulation and protection for you. Of course, it's got the, the built-in flyback uh, diode, so it's very easy to use. You just power it, give it a couple passive components, and you're ready to rock. Um, so there's three variations of this device. Uh, the 810, the, sorry, 8410, 8411, 8411A. Um, the 8410 is um, the, kind of the, the most similar to the DRV8833 in current limitations and it's also pin-to-pin -pin compatible, which I really like. You can just drop this in place. Um, the 8411A is kind of interesting in which it updates um, from using external feedback resistances to um, using a current mirror, which we'll talk about in a bit, which is quite nice. Uh, the 8411, 8411A, basically, basically, you know, do you need pin-to-pin -pin compatibility with the old chips? Use the 8411. If you don't need exact drop-in compatibility, I recommend going for the 8411A, which is the NPI I'm actually picking, because again, you can reduce your uh, board build material footprint by using the current mirror uh, capabilities. Also, if you need like a really big motor, it does have parallel uh, support. You tie A and B inputs together, and then you tie the A and B outputs together. So you can like have a very powerful output for a single motor. Obviously not for a stepper motor, just for one brush motor. However, uh, you know, like we said, it's got four amps output. You do have to figure out what is the power dissipation. You have to think about it, um, especially when you're dealing with four amps peak. If you're doing four amps just once in a while for a second or two just to turn a motor to move something maybe you're good to go but if you're actually turning it on for a significant amount of time you will have to calculate your power dissipation and since these are surface mount chips not through hole where it's really easy to like attach a you know if it's a to220 you can easily attach a heat sink heat sinking is not as easy you can heat sink with the copper uh pad the copper ground plane on your um circuit board we'll chat about that in a second you might have to use also a little miniature heat sink or forced air to um, get air around to, to remove the heat from the chip. Um, you know, looking at the PWP TSOP versus the QFN, um, they have very similar uh, resistances, but um, the QFN is going to be a little bit better just because it's got, um, sorry, it's going to be a little bit worse because it's smaller. The TSOP has a nice big, uh, heat sinking pad on the bottom you will have to of course connect that to your gigantic ground plane for this dissipation and then calculate exactly um, how big of a plane you need don't forget to add plenty of vias underneath that thermal pad it's not optional usually that's a mechanical pad in this case it's a heat sinking pad um they do have a lot of graphs in the data sheet to check out basically it looks like you really want to have two ounce copper you can get away with two layer um, well, the four layer will improve, but two ounce copper on the outer layers will improve your heat sinking. Um, again, you're only using the motor here and there, maybe you can get away with it, but the moment you're um, turning it on for more than 10, 20 seconds, 
um, or more than 50% duty cycle, you'll have to think about this. There's also micro, micro heat sinks. Um, you know, the TSOP, I think you can use some thermal paste, put this on. Will it work? Um, you know, there's no heat sinking. You know, the ambient uh, heat sinks at the top is not going to be nearly as good as the bottom. So what you might want to do is actually have the heat sink on the back of the PCB. You expose the um, ground plane, expose the copper, you know, have it uh, coated with Hassel or ENIG, but still it's open and then you can attach the heat sink there. So you heat sink through the bottom, not through the top of the chip. Uh, so the A version, which I mentioned, the 8411A, um, does away with this uh, annoyance. So normally you have these big power resistors in there using, they're, they're the current limiting. So you put them on so you can limit the amount of current. If you don't need four amps, you don't want to accidentally pull four amps if the motor stalls or shorts. You put these resistors in and they are actually in line with the H bridge. So you have to connect them to ground for the current to go th through the motor and then through these resistors. However, because they're dissipate, you know, they they have to pull that full one, two, or four amps through them. They need to be really big um, to handle the heat dissipation because they have a 0.2 volt drop through them, um, and uh, that's a little bit annoying because you can see they're quite big, and you do have to um, think about the thermal ramifications of having these current sense resistors that have quite a bit of uh, current through them, and also they're just kind of chunky and expensive. Um, so the A version of this chip does away with that instead there's a, a current mirror inside and so there's a transistor inside that's going to do that the dissipation for you hopefully there's even a multiplier maybe so you don't have um you know that 0.2 volt drop and in exchange on the output you've got uh what is called a a prop i and b uh, prop i the um maybe propagated current limit or current mirror limiting i don't know you still need resistors, but they don't need to dissipate the power. They're not in the power path, so you'll still need, you know, 0.2 ohm resistors. But they can be 0603 or 0402. Um, really helps reduce the amount of uh, board space you need. And, of course, you can use that more for your heat sinking grand plane. Available in DigiGate. They are in stock. 5,000 of each. The A and non-A QFN type. Um, I'm definitely going to uh, pick some up and do a breakout board. You can see the pricing over here. Um, under a buck. So they're price compatible with the DRV8833, um, but many improvements. Definitely recommend people check these out and maybe uh, transition your designs. If you're doing revision, uh, this could be a long-term solution. And that's Ion MPI. All right, and before we do new products, don't forget the code is DVIBEL. Let's kick it. All right, first up this week, Lady Ada, is a kit pack. That's right. Jen Fox has a book coming out later, and there's a project pack that goes with the book. Jen Fox is a friend of the fruit. Uh, she's always doing really cool stuff, and it's awesome to see her publishing tutorials. That's excellent math videos on Instagram, too. She does great videos. Yeah. Uh, so this kit pack we put together for her to make it really easy for people who pick up the book to follow along. It's got a bunch of components and sensors and alkaline batteries and everything you need. Um, you can buy one now because we have them in the shop, or you can wait till the book is available, and maybe we'll have it as a bundle. Good stuff. 
Next up, uh, from Digital Loggers, uh, these folks are really good at making cool PLCs and relays. Uh, we carry the four outlet relay, very popular, and they stock this, uh, what they call the Tough Relay. It's kind of neat because it's like, it, they kind of always, it's like a Galapagos Island. Like they take something that's like, you would be like, oh, it's just a uh, DIN rail mounted relay, but then it has like serial input and a USB. Um, and it's got current measurements and it can do ARTS 232 or TTL. Um, it's it's very durable. It's designed for very high cost. Yeah, it's a tough relay. It's a tough relay. It's got even the like you know military font thing going, sensor font thing on there. But one of the, some of the cool things is that, again that current measurement. You can measure the status of how much current is going through it. So it's not just a relay. It's, it's a like power management system. You can turn it on or off uh, remotely. You can hand, there's like ADCs. It's kind of like an all-in-one like microcontroller slash relay system. Um, very neat. Check them out. They definitely make stuff that you can't get anywhere else. Like this is sometimes I'm like, oh, this is just a yeah. thing. A lot of people make it. This is one of a kind. Um, you don't have to din rail it, but it does din rail if you would like that. And what another thing I like is um, little details. They make the internal blocks removable, so it's easy to plug. That is nice. Out. Yeah. All nice. right. Starter show tonight. Pledge deleted. Our team, our customers, everyone who makes this thing go is something we've been talking about all night. That's right. The DVI out. Pi Cow Bell. We're making more Pi Cow Bells. You've got a Raspberry Pi Pico or Pico W. You want to add stuff to it. Uh, these are the same size and shape. You plug it in and Bob's your uncle. Blammo. You cool stuff. You can get video output. Um, Look at this. We have actually now, this Look is this. an Arduino demo. This is an Arduino drawing to a 320 by 240 uh, 16-bit color um, Look at this. frame buffer that is output over DVI, which means you can plug it into any HDMI monitor. You got your Pico. This is the demo everyone likes. You want sprites drawing. You want uh, uh, flying testers. You want a um, after dark uh, aquarium. We've got that as well. You want. Uh, you yeah, know, I, gonna, I want to zoom in. You on want this. to zoom in on the testers. Zoom in on the testers. Go into the testers. That's the aquarium. All right. Testers. There you go. Um, all output from the raspberry pi pico because it's got these pio and secondary core and you can have that do this dvi bit banging very neat so we've got support in arduino um that uses this frame buffer and this is all these demos written in arduino uh so that's it's in the pico dvi fork that's in the tutorial it, we also actually as of like last week have circuit python support as well so if you would like to have circuit python running on your pico or your pico w and also draw to a DVI HDMI monitor, you can do it. And we're trying to see people do like cool, weird things with it. Um, you know, we've got our all-in-one DVI feather. If you don't need the Pico shape, you want to use feather wings. But for those who have like a Pico or Pico W, this is like the right footprint. It uses uh, six, sorry, eight IO pins for the red, green, blue, positive, negative, and then clock. Um, it also has connections to the um, SCL, SDA, I squared C interface through HDMI, which means that you can read the EDID on the monitor, which is good. You can see like what kind of monitor is attached, although you can only really output 640 by 480, which is pixel doubled 320 by 240. Um, still really fun. I mean, you can like now very easily do this can be our shift. displaying. Yes, we're in a fish tank. Um, it's much, much easier now than ever to display to HDMI monitors. It used to be you needed an FPGA to do this or like a VGA bit bank convert or whatever. Uh, 
all these demos work 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 really wonderfully easily and like i said circuit python support makes it super super fast there are so many black rectangles in our lives that are off at all times wouldn't you want them to and, have and it's it's like it's untapped canvas it's art that you could make yourself and just put so we're, we're going yeah, video synth demos we're going somewhere where i know there's a screen it, like there's airports there's bars there's hotels we're going to we're going to be staying somewhere soon it's going to be at a hotel i don't want to see what's on the tv i do want to see something on the screen that i that i make that i do that's right and so it's hotel hotel TVs yeah. are the ones that like you, yeah, I don't right. I don't want the square there I want to see this I want to I want right. I All want right. this this is what I want uh another so one of the things like why not just use a Raspberry Pi these are instant on like they turn on instantly you don't have to worry about a disk drive they're solid state um so there are definitely you know there's analog inputs um and you can use like I squared C very easily and connect yes. like PWM and servos here's a picture of the product I guess I should say that one. oh yeah this is what it looks like so um you will want headers to soldered into the uh, Raspberry Pi Pico. Uh, we have some suggestions and it uses a mini HDMI, just FYI, because the full size would fit, doesn't it like literally was not enough space. Yeah. But we have mini HDMI to HDMI adapters and also mini HDMI connectors available. So um, check this out, it's in the shop now. Okay, and guess what? That is all right, so here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna, we're gonna do. play five minutes ish of new product of sorry, <laughs> well, kind of new products of Top Secret, and then put your questions in the Discord chat. Don't forget that's where we do them only. Um, and then we'll see you on the other side. Do questions and we'll bounce. And then as a special treat, um, we went to a, like an LED art festival thing. So I'll play that video at the very end while we're kind of straightening up here yeah. after we're off the off live air. Um, and then uh, we also made a video that highlighted some of the Star Wars projects from May the 4th. May the 4th was uh, last week. It wasn't during a show day, um, but I wanted to show the highlight reel because we have a lot of neat stuff. So I thought I'd show both of those. So let's do Top Secret first, and then we'll do the questions. Look at Todd saying that. Was what? Yeah, that's good. All right, let's, uh, let's do some, some uh, Top Secret. Hi, Jepler here. I'm working on the latest improvements to the SynthIO module, which in CircuitPython 8.1 will have a whole slew of new features. Um, and by the way, this stylish board is the Adafruit Prop Feather with an RP2040 and a dedicated I2C sound amplifier, among other goodies. Anyway, the next feature is called ring modulation. So first I'm going to play a sample without ring modulation, and then I will bring the ring modulation in. And so, initially, it's a fine tone, but it doesn't have a lot of life to it. But with ring modulation, there's just a lot of depth added to the sound um, when, with the interplay of two, those two waveforms. So, look for these improvements in a pull request to CircuitPython coming soon. Hey, Lady Ada, what is this? I'm testing out this new I2S AMP BFF for Cutie Pie boards. This one has a Max 98357, which is an I2S 3-watt amplifier. I love it because it's just, just a couple passives, this chip, connect three pins to the I2S peripheral, and you're ready to go. Uh, and this is our Cutie Pie board. You've got them in all sorts of varieties, SAMD21, RP2040, and ESP32S3s. This is an ESP32 
Um, and what's nice is, you know, it's got Wi-Fi. So when I connect this up, it's playing music, but it's not stored on the ESP. This is actually streaming an MP3 from Bandcamp. Um, this is the album that we have. Uh, you had Adafruit um, by Bartle Beats, and it's featuring Adabot and all of our electronic friends. So this is working really well. Streaming MP3s through I2S and then to this nice speaker. Small streaming MP3 player. Yeah. Early data, what is this? This is me testing out a iSpy adapter I made for uh, Cutie Pie boards. So Cutie Pie boards are our uh, Seed Shout compatible microcontroller boards, and they come in all sorts of different uh, configurations. We've got ESP32-S2s and uh, SAMD21s and RP2040s and all that good stuff. This one happens to be RP2040. And um, this is an iSpy adapter. So on the back, um, there's all these jumpers in case you want to change the configuration, but it has all the pins necessary to connect to pretty much all of our display boards. Um, so you can connect to the SD card, SPI, I2C, IRQs, and all that good stuff. Um, and there's no soldering required. You're, you're just telling me this tiny thing is this driving thing. this thing here. This thing, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there you go. So coming to the Adafruit shop makes it so easy to connect displays. Early data was this. This is me testing out our new prop maker feather it's an rp2040 feather so it's actually running off a battery right now although you can run it off of usb program it that way too it's got eight megabytes of flash the rp2040 stem qt and it's got a bunch of cool accessories like an i2s amp an accelerometer uh and pre-soldered terminal blocks to make it really easy to make props so for example um three of the pins here are for neopixel and this is five volts and it's even level shifted five volt output. And then here's a switch input, you know, and I can test that all the LEDs turn white. That's the, what my code's doing. And then I've got that I2S amplifier, so I can have this play audio clips. And these are stored on the RP2040 and uh, the eight megabytes of flash. And with the I2S amp, the audio sounds really good. Data this is me testing out the prop maker feather, but this time, instead of testing it, uh, before I was testing it in Arduino, this time I'm testing it in CircuitPython. So I've got some LED animations going on here, and then I have the accelerometer changing the angle of the servo. So testing the servo and the onboard accelerometer as well. Uh, this is the servo port over here. And then I'm also testing out I2S and the mixer capability. So what's really cool about CircuitPython is it has really good audio support. And so, for example, I can read this potentiometer and use that to adjust the volume through a digital mixer. So you get like really good quality. And of course, you can mute, fast forward, um, you know, play different tracks. So, you know, I can move it up and down and do digital um, volume control. So, so far, everything's working out really well. I've tested pretty much everything on this board and it's ready to get ordered and put into the Adafruit shop. Early data, what is this? This is an ANO style rotary encoder. It's got this like clicky wheel and then five directional buttons, up, down, left, right, and center. It's kind of a reminiscent of classic iPods and it uses a lot of pins. It has like, you know, 11 pins for all of the uh, bits and pieces that are built into this um, navigation switch. So I designed this uh, Stemma QT based board that will basically do everything you need to control and read it over I2C. And here's the tester. Um, so it's got the all the pet pogo pins going to all the pads required. And this is a Metro M0 
running our UPDI uploader code. So I will uh, oops, place this like so and reset it. Um, and it connects over UPDI to program the onboard ATtiny816 and it finishes in just a few seconds. This is now ready to test the rest and get into the Adafruit shop. All right, I posted this photo. This is uh, you and our kiddo in front of your computer. You're designing stuff. Um, the joke that I'll probably keep doing for a little while is um, AutoCAD is now charging Lady Ada two seats because, you know, two people are designing hardware now. Um, here's kiddo and a little snack. And, you know, well, every dude is complaining on Twitter about stuff or like, you know, just being a jerk. We're shipping hardware, open source hardware. And this is for the circuit pirate. Um, this is probably going to be a pretty popular product. Um, we're going to release it into the public domain. And also breaking news, July 26th, we're going to do a hack chat with Hackaday about the circuit pirate. Um, we posted up a little bit about what's going on with lady. I'll talk about it in a second. I had some graphics that we didn't really get to use for um, a pirate radio thing that we were going to um, do. So um, I revisited these. I'm working with our designer, Bruce. Here's some ideas for the logo. I like the little, you know, pirate hat looking one. Um, I also like the little circle thing. Um, and then there's also uh, this. So we haven't decided on the logo yet, but Lady Ada, what is the Circuit Pirate? The Circuit Pirate is it's a, a revisit of a very old project where I wanted to try remaking the Bus Pirate, which is a very popular pin twiddling bus twiddling tool like a kind of like a multi-tool swiss army knife for electronics um that was designed by ian lesney of um I keep saying that wrong sorry ian lenay of um dangerous prototypes and uh it's like over a decade old this is you know designed i think in in 2010 it was very popular but unfortunately was recently i think discontinued until further notice because of probably component shortages although i'm not 100 percent sure why but we used to stock it and now we um are not um we're not able to get it anymore and so i was like oh you know this could be a good opportunity to revise the design and maybe kind of bring it up to date and redo it with an rp2040 uh, so this is just a rendering i like to do a, a 3d rendering especially when there's big connectors of um what it might look like to have a um RP2040 based, but still like shape and pin compatible uh, bus pirate board. And and we you know, maybe we'll call it Circuit Pirate. We have to chat though, because Scott had some ideas for some naming stuff. Really? Um, call something else? Well, something similar maybe. But it'll probably, it'll still use the logo, don't worry. And, uh, but it's, I kind of only have like, like you only have one thing. I kind of only work, I do skull logos and skull, and skull shaped logos. <laughs> Skull, yeah. it's skull logos and skull logo uh accessories are here um so it's got you know stem qt and it's got the boot and reset button it's got a mode switch so you could maybe like have it turn off the REPL because it's going to be running again circuit python uh but the pinout is compatible um and you know a lot of the work i, I did was just trying to make it fit in you know a, a non-five volt uh compliant board anyways um more coming soon uh, you can see a, a chat about it on um, Descalidia. It'll probably be on a couple of Descalidias. Okay. That's our giant top secret section this week. Don't ask. It's not out yet. All right, let's do some questions. Let's kick it. Yeah. Um, you're going to read these off. I stored them up. Lady Ada, hit it. Okay. How do you feel about ESP32 firmware encryption to prevent theft from my consumer product? Is it even worth doing? Um, 
I mean, I think that the on the encryption is now fairly good. I, I know Spressif has updated them with a bunch of engineering change orders. So I think the recent one does have fairly good encryption. Um, however, there's really no way to guarantee. I mean, you know, if it if you only you only have to make one mistake, right? Or your factory at least won't make one mistake before the the files are leaked. So just make sure that you have other protection like intellectual property protection um, for your products, not just assuming. You know, basically. A, Assume that the firmware will eventually leak out. So what are you going to do when that happens? I'm getting this for an answer. It's not worth it. Uh, build a community around uh, your product. So there's the consumers who buy your product. They're never going to mess with it. And then you have like one one tenth of one percent of people that like to hack and mod. Um, empower them with documentation, with things not supported, not it's part not not part of the warranty. Open source the code. Just make sure it's under a license that they have to retain, you know, your name and credit you, and uh, build build a community. Um, it's cool to build a business and a cause all at the same time. Okay. Next up, I was wondering if the Canvas card can talk to OBD two. Um, yes, it can. It doesn't. We don't publish a decoder, but it is pin compatible with ODB two, which is Canvas. Okay. Next question. Um, I can't wait for the prop feather. Uh, is there ETA for it? There's no ETA, but hopefully the next couple of weeks. Okay, next up. When microcontroller boards say they have, for example, three UARTs, does that mean they can do 1.5 bidirectional serial ports or three of them? Uh, three UARTs usually means three full RX and TX pairs. Um, note that USB is different. They use they, there's usually specified by endpoints, and usually you need two or three endpoints per interface so that's a little bit trickier but uarts is receive and transmit uh and then how many watts might that cutie pie itos amp be it sounds great it's a three watt amplifier it uses the max 98 57a that's the right part number to a three watt amp um we have the default be 9 db uh, you know it does a pretty good uh three watts and then of course you can do digital volume control as well Okay. Um, if any of our questions sneak in before we go, um, we might get to them. Like them the questions. For, oh, there is one. It just came in at the second. Maybe you're gonna answer this last one. More okay. While I, while I get ready for the next. On the on the way out. Okay. Um, Lady Ada, here is the question. Okay. Um, I understand physical distance is an issue with I squared C centers. What would you recommend for a newbie looking to reading sensors or controlling things around a body sized object? Um, yeah, that's definitely. Um, Body sizes, you know, can be about like six feet, and then of course things can go around. One is to um, have whatever you're doing centered, so you have you don't have like one long strand that goes up and down everywhere. You have maybe like the microcontroller in the center, and then you have strands going out, so you can you know because that will not. It's the total length from the center point that's going to um, affect the capacitance. Uh, second, take a look at we have um, active retransmitters and active terminators. Um, and those will always get you like really nice, clean I squared C um, signal strength. So, you know, a couple of feet you should be able to do, but you may not be able to do it one megahertz. Stick to one kilohertz, uh, sorry, 100 kilohertz. Uh, use an active terminator or an active retransmitter. Those should uh, those should definitely help. Okay, don't forget to code is DVI Bell. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us this week. Um, at the very end of this, while we're... Uh tearing down the green screens and, and setting up for baby time. Um, you can watch uh, two videos that I'm just going to have playing. One is the spring showcase here in New York City, which is a bunch of LEDR, and then a uh, kind of a, a reel of some Star Wars projects that we've done over the years celebrating May 4th that just 
uh, happened last okay. week. Uh, this has been an Adafruit production. Special thanks to Jesse May doing stuff behind the scenes. Um, oh, there was. Do you want to do one last one? You got one last one. One, one just came out. I feel like we should do it. We should do it. Here you go. This one. What? Whoa. Would the RTS line by CH three four get the reset line of eighteen tiny, or something else go between? Probably not. You you would um, unless you wanted to turn it on or off. I wouldn't connect it RTS because it can toggle while you're you're using it, like when you open the port. So um, you can look at the Arduino to see how they use a capacitor to use reset, but only like when it actually toggles fast enough. Good save. We got all the questions. See everybody next week. Here is your moment of Zener. Bye, everybody.
Hi, I'm John Park, and this is a Chewbacca mask. Today I'm going to show you how to replace the audio so that we're not listening to the standard old Wookiee sounds, as nice as they are, uh, but instead be able to replace them with any sound effects that we want. Hey, what's up, folks? In this project, we'll show you how to build a lighter prop using Adafruit's Prop Maker. This is fully 3D printed and has a collapsible blade. It's made from segments that are tapered so it can retract. So it makes a pretty cool effect when you swing it around. All of the electronics are housed inside the 3D printed hilt. It's also got an accelerometer for motion activated sound effects. It plays different sounds for swings and hits. They're also randomized and feel pretty responsive to your motion. The blade is removable and the hilt makes a pretty sweet flashlight. Inside the emitter is an insanely bright 3 watt RGB LED. In this video, we'll show you how you can build your own, so get ready to do some 3D printing, electronics, and programming. The code is written in CircuitPython and available to download on GitHub. It uses Adafruit CircuitPython libraries to program the hardware. With the Adafruit Feather, you can easily upload code over microUSB and recharge the battery. So if you're a prop builder looking to program lights and sounds, the Featherwing platform makes it much easier. Hey, what's up, folks? In this project, we're building the Darksaber from The Mandalorian. This is a fully 3D printed prop that we designed to be a DIY kit that you can build yourself with electronics from Adafruit. The blade is entirely 3D printed and has strips of NeoPixel LEDs embedded inside. It's built to be durable, so you could throw some heavy swings for those intense photo shoots. All of the electronics are hidden inside the hilt, and it features motion-activated lights and sounds. The hilt is designed to look like the Darksaber from Season 2 of The Mandalorian. For the electronics, the Prop Maker Featherwing is designed for making props with lights and sounds. It's great for portable projects that need motion sensing, buttons, and powering lots of LEDs. Be sure to check out the learn guide for a full step-by-step -step tutorial on building this project. It's documented with plenty of photos so it's easy to follow along and get started. You can pick up the lightsaber kit now from Adafruit and build awesome props with open source hardware. Thanks so much for watching and don't forget to make the force be with you.
Hey, what's up folks? In this video, we're making a prop from Star Wars, The Book of Boba. We were inspired by episode three of The Book of Boba. The chief of the Tusken Raiders yields a staff that we thought would be really cool to remake. We designed and 3D printed several pieces to make the staff. We printed them in different colors so they're ready to go right off the printer. They can be printed without any supports and they don't need any screws or glue. Each piece features a threaded connector so it's really easy to assemble and take it apart. We hope this inspires you to get creative and make your own props from your favorite TV shows or movies. Thanks so much for watching and don't forget to subscribe for more projects from Adafruit.